0: Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast, with Borg, Betts, and a baller.
1: Welcome in. It's Wednesday, September 6th. The Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. People, we've got one day. One day till kickoff.
0: One more day. One One more more day. One more sleep. Yes.
1: One more sleep, people. That's America is just waiting to go to bed. How dare you? The world, (laughs) Kyle. The world. My international people are just like, You jerk. How dare (laughs) you start off a dynasty podcast not thinking of the entire world. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's just it's one more sleep and just like a kid before Christmas, we are almost there. But we're here to talk dynasty and give our Bold and spicy brown picks of the year, like spicy mustard. Spicy brown? <laughs> spicy brown mustard. This is like a like a
2: post Chipotle. What is so confusing? Spicy confused. brown. <laughs> Mike, I'm, I'm glad you were also equally confused because I had no clue where Kyle was going with that.
1: <laughs> Guys, there is a certain. I had
0: this spicy brown last night.
1: How'd it go for you? I <laughs>
0: mean, it has spicy brown pizza and wings at the draft. The best It'll part about a spicy take
1: <laughs> is when it when it hits. It can be fire, but some no. of these some of these that we're going to share today, uh my compadres, I'm going to ask you to hold back vomiting. We do that a lot on the show. I feel like that we talk about things that are gross and nasty for fantasy football because at the heart of it, dynasty
0: is all about who can just who can be the nastiest and get away
1: with it. Betts, you got any got any nasty boys? I know that you are reveling in the Keontae Ingram oh hype. Oh my
2: goodness. Dude, it's it's been a great year for the Nasty Boys. I mean, are you <laughs> kidding me? Sean Tucker's making the squad as the RB two. Corey Clement gets cut. The path for Keontae Ingram is clear. Uh Turner is getting picked up left and right. Kyle in oh. best ball leagues. He was getting drafted in round eighteen, round nineteen of leagues. I don't know, I don't know why. Uh, but he's out there. And um and it's been, it's been good. Chris Evans reportedly on track to win the RB2 job we'll see yeah um so it it was my my boy my boy T Will will be back it was a good summer for the nasty boys so I just want to say shout out to us
1: it's (laughs) what if what if it's mostly a victory are these guys still on an NFL roster because I was worried one of my guys Elijah Higgins apparently they didn't want him with the Dolphins but a bunch of other teams did want him. there you go so Uh, You know, it's all about a popularity contest, and he was super popular for not being employed for a while. So, yeah, the the Nasty Boys, but Dynasty Bowl Predictions, we're going to talk about that on the show. If you want to get our Dynasty rankings and everything, last-minute drafts you're doing, startup drafts, rookie rankings, all of those, you can get those on our site. And every single week, we will get to have this show updating you about, hey, here's the happenings with Dynasty. So, if you're out there, you're like, hey, what do you guys talk about during the season? There is a ton week to week to start projecting. I'll even say that as we get towards weeks, you know, 15, 16, 17, we might start peeking at some of the upcoming rookies.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. So this the the first ever fantasy footballers dynasty podcast was this off season. This is still a little bitty baby show and we're trying to figure out exactly what it is and we launched uh Aprilish. Yes. Is that about right? Yeah, so I'm so this past off season you know, our, when we were breaking down the running backs, it was kind of like one super long show about the running backs. I'm excited to have actual more episodes where we can, you know, go more in depth, like maybe three or four guys over the course of one episode and really jump into how we're viewing them, what, what we think about those players. But Kyle's right throughout the season. Look, you think there's, you think at week five, we can't find more, more <laughs> nasty boys. They're everywhere all the time.
1: I can't wait. We're going to be talking about a player that's <laughs> currently probably not on our roster. Because, like, in Dynasty, there were years where Latavius Murray saved my butt, and that dude was out on the street for half the year. So, yes, you're going to be able to mine some good players. But here's what I want us to do to kind of start off this episode. Let's look back, and let's give one Dynasty lesson that you learned this offseason. Maybe that's you personally, yeah. something you want to tell our audience. And, Bets, I will let you start us off.
2: Yeah, this is one that I've uh, you know accepted a couple years ago, but I think a lot of people still need to sort of hear it. So it's sort of a a we could learn this together situation. Um, is that it's okay to quote unquote lose a trade in the moment if it works out for both teams? And here's the thing, we don't really know if it's going to be a loss. Like in the moment, some people might be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you made that trade. I can't believe you dealt that pick away." You know, and it turns out to be in two years an incredible trade for both teams, and so my biggest thing here is like, don't get stuck in the trade calculators. Don't get stuck in the, what will my league, league, league mates think if I do this? It can help both teams. And that's really what makes a great dynasty trade. So sometimes you gotta go get your guy. Sometimes there's times to get out from certain players in your roster. And it's okay to not worry about what everyone else thinks when you make these trades. So don't get uh, too, I think, tied to what a trade calculator says you can still make trades that are good for both teams even if it doesn't feel like it's quote unquote a win in the moment
1: the real loser in a league like that is everybody else in the league who couldn't execute a trade so yeah you should just be able to clown on everyone else and say you guys are losers yeah you had no I mean don't don't tell me what to do this is my team and in Dynasty obviously you can't judge everything right away but yeah I think the the mode and I, we get questions like this all the time is just who won this trade it's like well did this help this team? There's so many factors of you know where they fit in. Are they a flex option for you? Are they just a bench piece? Are you rebuilding? It's so hard to grade a trade when people just send you, you know, here's some picks. I, it's like there's so much context to Dynasty, which makes it really fun. So I agree with you. It's it's okay. I mean,
2: Mike's Mike's big trade, right? We talked about that cool, on the show man. right around like Fourth of July. I think yeah. if you put that in a trade calculator, Mike probably quote unquote loses. Oh, the trade. oh yeah, it was. But like,
0: if, if you weren't around, it was. Yeah, I traded Michael Pittman, Quinton Johnston, two firsts uh, for CeeDee Lamb. And yeah, I I promise, if you put that in a calculator, because calculators love first round picks, uh, if you put that in, it would be a landslide for the other side. But for me, it was, I'm going to get myself a young elite player because I'm trying to win right now. I'm not. It's not that I'm out on Michael Pittman and Dynasty. I'm not out on Quinton Johnston before he's even taken a snap, but... I'm I'm trying to do things over here man. I'm trying to win right now.
1: And the context of your team is that you're not only win now, but your receivers are going to bludgeon a lot of people, right? Like Jamar Chase, you have Jamar Chase, Garrett Wilson and CD Lamb. Yeah. That's that that's just not fair. It feels good. <laughs> so Mike, give yeah. us give us a lesson. Oh man. This is this is a deep deep lesson. Yeah,
0: here. this I have this it's been brewing inside me for a, a very long time, but it is just the boil has come to the surface, and this is not just dynasty. It, it's very heavy in dynasty, but redraft. Kyle knows because we just did our league of record draft yesterday, and it is screw those RBs. I don't care. I do not care because I am so <laughs> sick and tired of thinking I have a top twelve running back. And then teams doing dumb crap, like that's whatever, quote, good for their football team, but it's terrible for my dynasty team. Like Zach Charbonnet showing up for for Kenneth Walker, who at the time would have been ranked easily as a top five dynasty running back. And I, was, I took him at the 104, I believe, in our rookie draft. So, I mean, at that time, I bypassed Chris Olave because my team desperately needed a running back. And this was the best way that I could get a hold of someone, and I and it felt great for a year, and then they're replaced. And drafting so many third-round running backs that just never evolve into anything. If you have Brees Hall, yeah, Brees Hall is fantastic, but the, Dalvin Cook could be a massive issue this year. I just I have seen so many of my running backs lose value immediately that I've just said I I just I don't. Care anymore? I'll get. I love Hero RB in redraft, but we left. We so in redraft. Kyle and I just did this draft. I think it's a five bench, and we left that draft with three total running backs because of how our draft picks and the draft board lined up. It was not. I have to get a running back to bypass a really interesting wide receiver with upside for just a crap running back. Is no? I'm not doing it anymore. You can't tell me what I have to do. I'll start two running backs. Cause that's what the rules say. And then I'll figure it out from there. But I'm going, I'm just give me those wide receivers when possible.
1: If you're going to shoot for upside in any league format, especially leagues where it's more common to start, you know, two flex spots, then you're saying like, I can find the receivers. Cause yeah, when you get to wide receiver, you know, 40, 45, like these are real dudes that can help your team where there's just not a lot of value and the shelf life. We've talked about this so much. It's just, Shelf life's not too long, so it's saying what I'd rather draft or have on my team. A Devin Singletary I can start. and mm-hmm. I, I keep singling him out.
0: Yeah, you do. Well, because he was he kept falling to us, and we're like, no, this is this is nothing exciting about this.
1: Yeah, and or you can find some high upside options, but you know, I mean, Mike is just yes, he's just full Jim Irsay. Here. I
0: was gonna say, so I think I've like. <laughs> I, I guess I guess he's got more right opinions than I gave him credit for.
1: He just didn't know he was playing fantasy football the whole time. He's just managing a billion dollar organization. And but I like look at the look at Jonathan Taylor, which
0: honestly the, the this could be the best case scenario for Jonathan Taylor in dynasty leagues. I know that right now it's really really frustrating. He's on the pup. Is he actually hurt? I think so is he going to come back to the Colts? I have no idea. But I think that the Colts are just not a good long-term place if they're moving forward with Anthony Richardson. You you could end up in a a lateral move so it's actually not an improvement for Jonathan Taylor, but I do think by next year Jonathan Taylor's outlook will be much better than had he than he if he gets the long-term extension for the Colts, which he still could. But he also could be traded in the middle of the year to a great situation like Christian McCaffrey style, right? I mean, who who saw that coming? Right. You had to deal with CMC on a bad team, still cruising away, being great, gets traded to the absolute best-case scenario for his skill set. Something like that could happen for Taylor.
1: Yeah, Betts, I remember you brought this up on our Dynasty Startup Tips of just here's the age cliff, people don't realize it, but it just comes a lot faster. And then just the changing landscape for the running back position. We've talked about like, once you get past the top 12 to 15 guys, it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where any of these guys stand a year from now. So is that something bets that just as a whole as a show, like we've tried to like hammer home. And then Mike just said, all right, screw them. (laughs) Just at the very end.
2: Yeah. We just kind of laid the foundation and Mike just really hammered it away there. Um, Yeah, man. And it's, it's the landscape around the NFL. That's part of the issue, right? Like, We have no clue what Josh Jacobs is going to be doing next year. We have no clue what Saquon Barkley is going to be doing next year, which is crazy to say because those are the best guys in the league. You know, they've been for the last couple of years anyway at their position. And so outside of like the Bijan, Jameer, Gibbs types who have financial security and a known place to play football for the next couple of years. Yeah, I'm with Mike. Like I've been very hesitant to trade for running backs this offseason. And I'm only doing it truthfully when I feel like I have a top – Three, four team in my league where I know I have a chance to win. Other than that, I am happy to either not trade for those guys or trade them away. And it it brings me sadness because like there is a little
0: bit. I love high flying, all the passing, all the scoring. There there resides a little small child in me who remembers watching just you know true elite running backs just beat up on people. Watching Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson play in their peak, like there was nothing better than then they get through the line. There's just one member of the secondary and it's, it's AP versus that guy. Like, oh no. That defender, <laughs> that defender's about to be put in the grave. And then they were. And like, so it was just, it was so much fun, but this is a different NFL and I care about my dynasty teams a lot now. So uh, screw them. Screw those RBs.
1: All right, I'm going to share my Dynasty lesson, but I might have to tell you a story, too. to kind of goes with it, okay? Okay. And it involves me looking really dumb. Is that okay with you guys? I, which one? Which story are we talking about?
0: I, I Do know I you, know this one?
1: No, you guys don't. And also, right. I mean, you guys haven't seen me be very stupid in front of you very much. So here's my lesson. The vibes for Dynasty change throughout the summer. And so the, the picture I'm giving you is don't watch a roller coaster and just sit still. Okay, if you're watching a roller coaster and you're at an amusement park, you want to be on the ride as opposed to just watching it and being casual. One time when I was a wee lad, okay. I went to uh, Six Flags. and uh,
0: Magic Mountain?
1: Uh, so the Atlanta. we're no, won- an East Coaster. Yeah. So what's yours? Uh, Six Flags over The Ninja was the big one in the early 90s. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story because I haven't really gone back since. So because. Well, I got to
0: look up this roller coaster now. So
1: when it was the big ride in the early 90s, and now I think they've transformed it into something else. Somebody's going to call me out later and be like, you're a dummy. Uh, it's different now. But when I was a a kid, I was watching the roller coaster and I was so amazed, I was super young, and I happened to be I got my head stuck in the railing. Watch <laughs> what? to the point of <laughs> to the point of when everyone was leaving, I was stuck there right. and my mom had to call security and they had to pry the bars open because I had somehow wiggled my way in and got hysterical because I'd been watching the roller coaster not knowing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it really ruined roller coasters for me for a long time. Interesting.
0: Now, do I, I've seen video? I mean, this it, it growing up—that's I think it happens to most kids. Like at one point, you get stuck. You in. put your head through some bars because it just goes whoop, right in, and then then you don't realize that your bulbous head can't make it back out. Did they try putting your whole body through the bars? Because I've seen several videos of kids getting their head stuck and they can't get them out backwards, and then the kid goes, "Oh, I just." Go forward, and my whole body fits.
1: I mean, I was pretty hysterical. Okay. I was like six. Couldn't, or seven.
0: couldn't calm me down.
1: They didn't use like butter to kind of like wiggle me through. Uh, or anything. They
0: didn't bring out the uh, the Pam spray.
1: <laughs> they should have. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. So I'm using that story as just over the summer, the vibes are good. But if you're watching a roller coaster of a player's value and you're not doing something about it, you're not being proactive. Then I think what you're going to be is left wanting. So for instance, the Eagles' backfield when sure. Swift gets traded. If you had DeAndre Swift, you had him at a really peak value. Oh, the Eagles are going to be awesome. They're going to use him, okay? Now, we're, what, four or five months removed from that, and DeAndre Swift, you cannot trade him for nearly what you could have done then. There was a period where Rashad Penny was the hotness of he's going to be the lead back. Mm -hmm. Now, the roller coaster is it's Gainwell, and maybe even do you want any of these guys on your roster? And so my point is to be proactive. You might be wrong. You might be Right. But right now, if you just were left with these running backs, you couldn't really capitalize on that. Same thing with ETN or Bigsby. like It's just kind of been an up and down. Even recently, we've got a ton of steam with Tank Bigsby. He fumbles in preseason, and vibes feel a little different. Sam Howell is probably my favorite Howell. example. Would you guys say there's probably been at least three or four chapters of the Sam Howell experience? like At least. This offseason of he could be the dude. Oh, he can be really fun. Oh, it's probably Jacoby. Yep. And oh, maybe he's not that good. And now in preseason and everything else, he's kind of been steamed up. It's like you've gone through so many different peaks and valleys. And if you didn't respond to Sam Howell or his pass catching options, you can't really do it anymore. It's people are just gonna wait. Right.
0: Yeah, because you're pulling up to the station. The 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 people are about to get off the ride because the NFL season's about to start.
1: Yeah, people are people are done. And I mean, we are all about Sam Howell. If if I'm I'm in a super flex league totally fine rolling the dice sam hows my qb2 yep and i'm excited and mike might be the highest among the footballers jason's a, a fraud i yeah i don't understand i he i thought he was about
0: that life and then i looked at our rankings and he's not he's, i am
1: i mean bets we're gonna be talking about him right dfs week one uh he plays the Cardinals, so yes sir <laughs> <laughs> so we will be <laughs> we will be talking about him so um yeah if you have a dynasty lesson you learned you can Tag us on uh, Twitter, or they also call it X, whatever it is now. But we are going to get into our Dynasty Bold Predictions.
0: Dynasty Bold Predictions.
1: Mike, you've done a lot of bold prediction shows over the years.
0: I have. I thought you were going to talk about that tasty lick, because I did not remember (laughs) making that one. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that was a good
1: one. You're like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I made that yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. I think you made that, like, way early in the summer.
0: Possible, yeah. But, but yes, the, I have done many, many bold predictions.
1: Is it is it tough for tough for the gut to say, I'm going to make these bold predictions. I understand that this is a 80%, 90% outcome, mm-hmm. that it's it's obviously not obvious. And just over the years, like, you have some hits, you have some misses, but, like, they're bold and spicy for a reason. They are
0: incredibly fun. Because this is you, caution to the wind is gone. I do not care. I don't have to try and him and ha or hedge. It's just, it's exciting of you like, this is something that I really do believe could happen. And here's why. And it, and then, and, but, you, but everybody knows. Like these are these are bold these are or as Kyle would call them they give you the you can have spicy brown the bold and spicy yeah, like brown like if you, have too, if, you <laughs> if you follow the advice of too many bold predictions you, you could have a bad time but they it's it's a scratcher it's a it's just a huge win though when you actually get them right and if if honestly it feels great when you get them right and when you look back you're like yeah okay well it didn't work out but. We do. I do pride myself on getting a lot of my bold predictions correct.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun process. Bets you're going to start us off with some hometown Eagles thoughts. That I mean, you're telling people this is this is going to happen. It's, it's it's locked in.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it's a guarantee. No, I'm just kidding. I do think, however, what I'm about to say has a very decent chance of happening. I don't know what I would put the odds at, but I think when you ask anyone, hundred percent. A hundred percent accuracy this is happening. If you ask anyone who's gonna finish with the most fantasy points on the Eagles, as far as AJ Brown or Devonta Smith, I guarantee you ninety plus percent of people are gonna say, Oh, AJ Brown. They're because the ADP says AJ Brown by a lot. I was gonna say he's a top uh you know, top twelve startup pick in round one. He goes in round one redraft, and rightly so, don't get me wrong, this is not an anti AJ Brown take. He is he is him, and he is very good at football. But Devonta Smith is quietly like unbelievable, and he would be a team's wide receiver one on a lot of NFL franchises. Uh, you know, We have to remember, he was the 10th overall pick a couple of years ago in the NFL draft. He has that draft capital, and he had an incredible college production profile coming out. So I am saying Devonta Smith outscores AJ Brown this year, and he becomes a top eight Dynasty wide receiver this time next year entering the season. He already took a massive step forward, in year two, that classic, you know, second year leap, that sophomore season leap that we look for, 95 catches, almost 1,200 yards, seven scores it is an awesome stat line. But when you dig into the underlying peripheral metrics, 1.77 yards per out run jumped to 2.0, a great number for a wide receiver. And his targets per out run jumped from 19.5 to 22.1%. Again, awesome numbers. And that's playing next to AJ Brown, which is incredible. So uh, Smith also quietly down the stretch, like you wouldn't really think about it this way was earning more targets than A.J. Brown. Now, it wasn't a huge difference. 107 targets compared to 104 over the last you know, uh, 13 games or so, including the playoffs. But I feel like Devonta Smith has a real chance to be the top fantasy producer here, assuming touchdown variance breaks right. And that's the tricky part is because A.J. Brown always has those touchdown games. And if Devonta Smith doesn't have that, this probably won't happen. But I think the chances that Devonta Smith outscores A.J. Brown are higher than a lot of people are willing to admit
1: you also have in here that he outscores him and becomes a top 8 dynasty wide receiver, which I, I think I think if that happened, that would you know, those would be connected, right? It's not like he would outscore him and then right. his dynasty ranking doesn't change so, it's hard whenever we make bold predictions of this player will send there because it obviously means other players move down so I'm, I, I, what you're saying is this isn't a negative take on other wide receivers, it's not a negative take on AJ Brown, it's just saying that this player at where he's at in his age curve, I mean, he's you know, not even 25 years old yet, first round, former first round pick, like that's that's where he w- should belong. Like if he finishes as a top five player in redraft this year for wide receiver, he belongs there in dynasty. Is that what you're saying? Oh, for
2: sure. I, and that would be incredible if he did finish top five. If that happens, you know, AJ Brown probably is underperforming a little, but Jalen Hurts is having another MVP season. And I do think there's actually... More room for these two guys to e- see even more volume this year. Like we think about the Eagles games last year, right? In every second half, it was like, okay, they're up by three scores. Yeah, they're gonna Shut take their down. foot off the gas. Here comes Miles Sanders, um, and it worked. You know, they still put up put numbers. And just to put some numbers to that, they only average eleven point one pass attempts in the second half of games compared to nineteen point five in the first half of games. So I think inherently, like they want to be an aggressive pass first offense, and when you have these weapons. It makes a lot of sense. So I think you can see way more pass times from Jalen Hurts this year, and you could see you know, both guys, truthfully, having an even better season.
1: Mike, do you feel like you could still trade for Devonta Smith in a dynasty league at 80, 90 cents on the dollar? Like you're not having to pay the full for price. Where,
0: yeah, for where we're projecting him. And, and I mean, is, this is a bold take that, that Devonta will, will climb that far up. I don't have. I, I mean, I, I whispered it on the main fantasy footballers podcast. I I do. I agree that I think there is there's a higher chance that people are talking about that Smith ends up the the true wide receiver one for the team in terms of total production. If AJ Brown's touchdowns just come down a little bit now, factored into that, when you go look at the Smith's game log, you do have when like when he was absolutely on fire for the fantasy playoffs, and you go, oh. These two games where he had 12 and 13 targets, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Those were Gardner games, unfortunately. So that—that that is a part of the – that you have to weigh, you know. It, not that he was performing poorly before that. He was just seeing eight or nine targets. But perhaps then – okay, look at the whole picture you had. Those were both losses against the, Dow, against the Cowboys and against the Saints. So they had to throw a little bit more. So then that speaks to what Betts is talking about. What if the Eagles, who had a, uh, I think Sharp called, Warren Sharp talked about the Eagles had a really easy schedule last year, and it's not, when you go to the Super Bowl, you don't have an easy schedule moving forward, so if we get those, if we get the volume up in the second half, it's very interesting, but Smith is someone that I would be willing to be overly aggressive for, uh, uh, overly aggressive trying to go get, follow Betts' tip of maybe it doesn't look like you won that trade, but. I think getting out in front of Smith before next year's offseason, I think you will end up coming out ahead.
1: Yeah, in our startup rankings, he's wide receiver 13. And I think just the age curve in general, you look at a player where he's going to be hitting those prime years, you know, year three, year four, yeah. year five.
0: So, Especially when you factor in some of these other bold predictions.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, but we're going to wait, Mike, because okay. these are yeah, too yeah. bold. We're going to have to take a huge bathroom break just to get through this one. <laughs> all right we flushed it out of our system we're good to go mike hit us with a bold take
0: you want me to go or do you want to go first
1: you you know what you want me to lay the foundation
0: yes i do i think I'll, i'll piggyback off yours
1: okay so mike and i arrived at these separately but it was interesting how we kind of said this is how this could play out so my bold take is that Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup, you've probably heard of them, will both be outside the top 20 dynasty wide receivers this time next year. So just to give you context, they're both firmly in our ranks, like wide receiver 16, Cooper Cup, wide receiver 14, Uh, Jason has been more bullish, you know, right around wide receiver 12 in dynasty context. And then I looked at other sources just to make sure, hey, are we crazy? Everyone has them at about wide receiver 15, 16, 17. So for both of these wide receivers to fall, I actually added another one for a while and Mike's going to cover that, Stefan Diggs. So what we're saying is there's a changing of the guard where Mm -hmm. the wide receivers that you said, hey, I've been able to count on them for championships and you're saying, I need to get one more run out of these guys and maybe you think you can. I'm saying that this is the year that things can hit rock bottom and both Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. There's warning signs that you'd rather trade now than wait a year and maybe you get production, but the age curve's going to catch up. Like, Devontae Adams is so wild that he's about to turn 31 years old. He's under contract through his age 34 season, which is just nuts. When they signed him, you know, when the Raiders signed him, they traded for him and signed him, they gave him $65 million guaranteed to a 30-year-old. That just... I know how contracts work. They do not... (laughs) They don't age very well in the NFL. And what I did is I started to look at other wide receivers, and, at, and I asked myself the question, would I have rather have been a year early on these great wide receivers, the Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green even, that you're like, okay, he was a dust at the end of his career. A.J. Green, when he was age 29, was actually in the same exact spot that Devontae Adams is in Dynasty ADP. Uh-oh. Wide receiver 17. So he hadn't fallen off the map yet. Julio Jones... At this spot, wide receiver seven, okay? DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver ten. So you're at this spot where these players are still good, and I would say in redraft, we would have told people you can still play them. But in Dynasty, instead of getting one more elite production, you want people to be able to, to just to pay up. So I want to give you some offers for Adams. Cup's a little difficult because I made this prediction, and then we had a setback. So then, Sure, so, so it's then your people, fault. I, I guess I'm dunking on him. I'm dunking on <laughs> hamstring injuries. Oh. all right, would you guys rather have Devonte Adams, okay, or the 105 next year? You're rebuilding team, right, and you you're saying, hey, I, I have Devonte Adams, He's a good player. He can help my team, but I think I can get
2: more than just a first. bets, you probably could. even if it's just like a second on top of it or something, you could get more than just a first, I think, but yeah, shooting for a top three or four projected pick certainly makes a ton of sense. Yeah, if if it end if you knew that it was going to be a top
0: three pick, which you don't know until you know, right? Uh, then I'd be okay with that. But usually, no, almost, almost always, no matter what, if I'm sending a player away, I want more than a one for one swap. Like I don't want to send one player and get one player back. You know what I mean? Like I'm either I'm either unloading some assets because I'm uh, then I'm getting the superstar back. Or if I'm trading the the player away for picks, I want I want multiple chances. I don't want just one shot to trade away my guy. Who, and uh, it, it, you'll pull up the numbers, but like at as of right now and last last year, Adams was still a superstar.
1: Right. Well, let me just take it a step further and put that to the test, Mike. Because what if I were to offer you, I don't know, you had Devontae Adams and I'm willing to trade you Zay Flowers.
0: If I am rebuilding, I would take that trade.
1: Okay. They're very close in our rankings and it, it, it made me realize like we're starting to see the gap of like, in my mind, it's like, they're nowhere close in redraft, right? Correct. But in dynasty, we're, we're getting that. So would you guys be willing to say, you know what? I want a piece that's maybe a step down. Like Christian Watson could go to the moon and Betts might be talking about him a little bit. <laughs> oh, um, he's going. <laughs> would you rather have Devonte Adams or Christian Watson in a second round pick?
2: I would I'll take I Watson mean, in. The I'm pit. biased because of what I'm about to talk about, but I would take no, no, Watson. I am
0: I am unbiased, and I would take the chance. I'd swing.
1: Yeah, I think what I'm trying to give people the permission is you'd rather be a year early, and this time next year, it wouldn't be shocking. It, it, maybe it's not even that bold to be able to say, "Hey, this is a player that is outside the top 20." Cooper Cup. I had this in here before the injury, but he's signed through 2026, making a ton of money. But the craziest part about the Rams is it wouldn't shock anyone if things just – they close shop within a year. Yes. And we've had those worries before. We had those worries about Stafford this offseason. Like, could he just be done? The defense is not even close to the same thing.
0: They're already talking about predicting is Aaron Donald a midseason trade trade ship.
1: I, it's, and it wouldn't shock me too with McVay, which has also been a public thing. So you have all those factors to be able to say – Right now, if you knew Cooper Cup was healthy, like if you knew, okay, you know, right now the, the value's down, nobody wants to trade for him. But if he's healthy and he returns, I'd rather trade him now than later. And so to have two wide receivers drop outside the top 20 is a big deal. But a third one, I would say, is maybe Stephon Diggs. Sure. W- which is uh, part of Mike's take.
0: Well, did you give your. So you ran the numbers on. This is where Julio Jones, AJ Green, and DeAndre Hopkins were at the age of 29. Did you give the age 30?
1: No. So Julio dropped to 12. That's Eight, still,
0: yeah. You're like, okay, that, that's still great.
1: AJ Green and Hopkins dropped to 40.
0: Plummeted.
1: And then the next year, just irrelevant. And, yes. And Julio Jones, you know, tried to hang on, tried to hang on as a Titan, tried to hang on as a Buccaneer. He's still one of the GOATs. But it, it rapidly falls off at age 30.
0: I did not even remember he was a
1: Buccaneer. <laughs> He's, <laughs> guys, I just He's looked this there up. out Mike. Come on. <laughs> guys, last year for the Buccaneers, Julio Jones, in week one, saw five targets. He was three for 69, second on the team receiving yards. Nice. And he was actually a player that people going into week two, I remember this. I looked at our week two notes. Like, he was startable, and then he got hurt. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Saturday> <laughs> All right, last pouring year. out
2: for the <laughs> goat. Forever Julio. Man,
0: I did not remember that. All right. So, I'm, I'm just a piggyback on Kyle's message here. Uh, it's, mine's phrased a little bit differently though I, well, I've, I have Jordan Addison Zay Flowers and Drake London All surpassing Stefan Diggs in a startup Value and a startup ADP This is a Very bullish on those Three wide receivers Drake isn't the rookie But people I, th- I think people are getting lost Honestly in Drake London of, of what to do with him and He is so so Good I get that the I can make all these arguments and then the the anti-Atlanta people can say, yeah, but what about Kyle Pitts? And I'll go, you're right. <laughs> My argument seems like it should cross over immediately over to Kyle Pitts, but the vibes are just... Did you guys see that recent quote the, the, from the athletic story? I started to oh, pick yeah. it
1: apart a little bit because it had more fantasy bend to it. Okay. But I, no, I'm not saying the vibes are good at all. But I, but I, as an Atlanta fan, I just had to go. Let me make sure I get to the very source of what this is saying, and it was somebody asking him for fantasy advice, as opposed to like utilization. Uh, I thought they were
0: mentioning though that he could be like
2: third or fourth in targets.
1: Yeah, I. That's what I was saying. I, think, I that's, which seems
2: insane, and, and I, st- I don't report, buy that. That's what the report said, but then someone asked him on X, as they're calling it. <laughs> Uh, which I, I can never say this a straight he face. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, and he he quote tweeted it and said, or quote X'd it or whatever it is, and <laughs> said, uh, "I meant total opportunities, rushing attempts, and targets." And he said, "Okay, I'd have Bijan, I've had Algier, and Drake London as the top three options in this offense." That, so I mean, clearly that's clearly still why the word targets was not correct, but he meant just total touches, rushing... opportunities.
0: Yeah, I no, I but I get it. That's still like that feels bad if you're saying Tyler Algier. Who got replaced by a top ten pick is going to have more opportunities in but, the offense. But than if Kyle Algier,
1: Pence. but if Algier has 115 rush attempts,
0: I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm just saying that that's a that's a shocking thing. But anyways, I didn't want to believe it. So the, my message for Drake London is he is so so good at football, and in Dynasty, you sometimes you have to rely on that and only bet on talent and believe that the situation around them will improve. Drake London's behind-the-scene metrics are just absolutely incredible. I'm not going to rip them all off right now, but just know that Drake London is so good. So these other players, we're bullish on them, but here about Stephon Diggs. Guys, Stephon, the ride with Stephon Diggs has been incredible since he got onto the Buffalo Bills, which was also really fun because when he got traded from Minnesota to Buffalo, I had just traded just traded Stefan Diggs to Brooks, our producer from the Fantasy Footballers. And I boom shakalaka dunked, laughed in his face about, oh you dummy. How's and and I didn't even need to because he was so depressed on he's <laughs> like he got traded to Buffalo because at the time Josh Allen stunk. He was so bad. So that ride was really fun. And then of course he becomes one of the best wide receivers in football. Josh Allen becomes one of the best quarterbacks. It's been a good time. But Diggs is about to be 30 years old. Kyle just brought up all the numbers on uh, the older players. He has no more guaranteed money, so we're going to need another contract. And if he stays on his current contract, he will jump to 11% of the bills cap next year, which means a new deal is coming, which means you can capitalize still with Stephon Diggs because you can use the oh look, someone just paid him, but you can look at so in year nine, we have some guys year nine of their career, which Stephon Diggs is in. We st- we have some names; they're still productive. We had eleven guys with fourteen plus PPR points per game. Uh, Hopkins, you know, was in that group as well, but it was kind of the last time. But then year ten hits, and we've seen a major decline. We've seen only six guys. With 14 plus PPR points per game, who are in year 10 of their career, and only four wide receivers of the last last decade had more than seven receiving touchdowns in that season or above. So, once you hit into year 10, things do start to go downhill. Not everybody is Jerry Rice. Like, n- n- not everyone gets to play into their 40s. This is a, it's not how the, not how human bodies work. So, I'm saying. Buy in on these rookies. Maybe trade away Stefan Diggs. I think that Diggs will still be very, very good this year. But the time is coming. The switch is happening that we are getting these this new crop of players that they're going to jump over. And I think by, the, uh, by next year's startup time, those three players that I talked about, Addison, Flowers, and Drake, I think they will all surpass Stefan Diggs in actual value. So I would... You know, maybe make some moves accordingly.
1: I I hate this, but I <laughs> but I agree with it because I've been riding a Josh Allen Diggs stack for years in Dynasty, and I just keep every year going. Is this year I trade Diggs? Right. And and, and every single because I don't want to trade Josh Allen in, in, at all. Like I just don't. I don't even care. But Diggs is one of those players where I'd rather be a year early. And the comp you gave was great. You you talked about DeAndre Hopkins. In 2021, he, was that when he came to the Cardinals his first year?
0: I believe that's possible. I don't know off the top of my so head. It was
1: just he was still at an age, he was 29 years old, same kind of season as Diggs, in year nine, where he was awesome, right? And 14. 20, he,
0: he got here in 2020. Okay. So 2021 was he, uh, he only had the 10 games played, but he was
1: – He was he, awesome. He was before. still all right, yeah. So with DeAndre Hopkins, you would have been so glad if you would have – traded him there at the peak of what he was. And I'm just worried that that's where we're going to be talking about Diggs, where it's like right now, Hopkins, yes, you can kind of like add him on as a piece, like, you know, but in dynasty he feels more like in wide receiver Threeville, and soon to be out in the next year or two. Is that where Diggs is going to land up where a player that he wants a new contract, obviously, of course, dude talks about all the time. Is it going to be with this team, different team, whatever. I would just rather be a year early but I'm also a contender with my team, so I just feel stuck. Sure. Which means I'll probably end up in second place again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. Championships are they're so hard to get. So if I'm a contender, I'm gonna I would if like if I were you, I and I had the stack, I'd ride it out this year, and then maybe as soon as the I'm either in or I'm out of the championship contention. Once I know that, uh, if I'm out. I'll ship them off. If I'm in, I'll ride it out to the end of the year and then try and move them before the draft happens.
1: Yeah. They're, they,
0: like, I mean, overall, you know, looking at the the bills, the bills will probably resign him. And Gabe Davis is going to be a free agent too. It's like, but but in the event, because the, the, the contract is going to come to a head. Something will have to happen. And if they're not offering Stefan Diggs the amount of money that he wants, he strikes me as a player, and I'm just. This is all through, uh, you know, the insane tweets that we get. That Stephon Diggs will say, "Fine, cut me. I'm gonna go and get money." And he doesn't end up back on the Bills. And, and now I mean, I know we're we're really in the hypothetical weeds here. But you just you struck the conversation of what happens with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, like, what happens if Josh Allen doesn't have? Right. A true number one wide receiver.
1: It's it's I mean, very interesting. Th- we do team outlook stuff all the time. You know, in the dynasty past, that's one of the things that Bets and I do is just like project yeah. over the years. I mean, this team is a lot more fragile on the offensive side than what we think, a- and we look at their contracts all the time. Bets, is there any like any takeaways you have of just this team from like? I mean, Josh Allen, we're not worried about. We're not going to say anything about him and his startup, but the rest of this team, like could go i mean james cook's not a guarantee so any thoughts bets
2: yeah and i think they are already uh not admitting that but like they recognize look in the afc to win a super bowl you don't need just one great option you need two or three that's why we're seeing you know burrow and and chase and higgins and we're seeing uh, like on the other side the eagles had an incredible run with their two studs like you need these elite options to help get you over the hump and the AFC, it's it's insane. You're playing against Mahomes and those guys. But, yeah, they recognized it. They were trying to go out and get one of the wide receivers. They couldn't, so they took Dalton Kincaid to give him another offensive weapon. I would not be shocked if they took a round one, round two, or, or multiple guys next year, again, to keep trying to add that talent. But, yeah, it does feel like kind of a make or break because, like you're saying, Diggs is getting to that age. Gabe Davis, I don't think, is what they thought he could be. So there is, I think, more volatility here than a lot of people you know, when you just look at the team on, on the surface level, you think, "Oh, it's Josh Allen, the Bills, like they're good." But I do think there is some volatility here, and it wouldn't be shocking in a year or two if you're like, "Man, let's get let's get Josh Allen another another top right wide receiver here," because I do see the downside.
1: For sure. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We're each gonna give one more bold dynasty prediction. And bets, I will let you get this started.
2: I mean, you already warned the people, Kyle. That Christian Watson is going to the moon. He <laughs> is on a rocket ship and he is going. <laughs> this is because wild. my bold prediction is that next year Christian Watson is a round 1 startup pick oh, in mama. single quarterback leagues. Let me just say, single quarterbacks for all you superflex people out there, single quarterback. But the reason he is going to be that is Because he is last year's Amon Ra St. Brown, and I How does do that not mean, feel Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, what's up, dude?
1: I okay, <laughs> he's just no, dumbfounded
0: got... right now. Well, hold on, hold on. Before th- before this moment appeared on the show, were you in or
2: out on Watson? Oh, I've been out, yeah, okay, all right.
0: It was Ooh, good, of course. It's, it's even stickier now. <laughs> yeah, My and,
2: and I want to say this too this is not a stylistic <laughs> cop, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. these two players play completely differently. where – you know, Watson's this huge big play guy, much taller frame, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think back to Amon Ross St. Brown as a rookie, and it was like nothing for the first six, seven, eight, nine weeks. It, was, All of like a sudden, it wasn't until the playoffs. Right. Fantasy playoffs. He came in yeah. and was like incredible. And then we had the offseason, you know, last couple of weeks of the year, Super Bowl playoffs, everything calms down. And then we get to our, our offseason analysis, and everyone's like, well, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown only did it because C.J. E. Hawkinson was out. Well, you know he only did it because DeAndre Swift was out. There's the no haters. way he can sustain this. The haters. The haters were saying this. We they were they're questioning. In,
0: we were implying it, this could be the reason. We well, weren't, that was we weren't just saying we think Amon Ross is bad. We think there could have been a, a manufactured reason why he was so good. That's fair. That is a
2: fair point, Michael. I, I, uh, I don't. People People I, don't, were,
1: people <laughs> are I just wondering. don't like his stick, man. I don't like this <laughs> his stick. Yeah, well, what? Then Tank Dell decided to do the same thing. Oh, that's even wide worse. Receivers? How was that a stick? It's 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 a it's a ruse. I don't like. Come
0: it. on, Kyle. He's got that dog. Come on. It's uh, it's but it is legitimate, real motivation. <laughs> that is so no wild. Kyle's just laughing. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> keep I, going. Like,
0: I I, pr- I promise you know who like Kobe. I promise Kobe had a list.
1: Dude, Kobe is a killer, though. Kobe. I know. You heard it here it's first. Kobe so I'm just Bryant, saying like, I'm saying St. St. The, Brown. These
0: athletes, <laughs> they need something. And if you weren't the first overall pick, then you, you take a list of everyone who was drafted in front of you, and you're going to show the entire world how dumb everybody was.
2: Continue. And that's bits. what Christian Watson is about to do. <laughs> He's Kobe. <laughs> Christian Watson is Kobe. There you go. Um. So think about that, right? That was the Amon Ross story where it was like, yeah, he was great, but like, here's why it didn't, it wasn't real. And then he comes out last year, year two wide receiver, which we love betting on in fantasy. And he has a fantastic season. Now think about Christian Watson's rookie season, right? He was injured, banged up, missed the first six, seven weeks, whatever it was. Romeo Dobbs was kind of the guy. And then there was a changing of the guard where Christian Watson came out of nowhere and exploded from week 10 on to be a fantasy monster. Now. Granted, a lot of it was touchdowns. That certainly is not something we want to bet on year over year. But the underlying numbers were awesome. From week 10 on, a 22.3% target share and 2.58 yards per route run. That number is insane. That will probably regress. But when you look at his end of season yards per route run, 2.26 was the seventh highest of any rookie wide receiver over the last decade. That stat was credit to John Dagle from 444. That's the type of player he could be. If he has an Amon Ross St. Brown-esque year where he comes out of nowhere, you know, his rookie season then does it again in year two, he is going to be a top 12 dynasty wide receiver because of his age and because what if Jordan loves good? Yeah. Like they've looked really good in the preseason and it's the preseason. But man, he has looked good. The offense has looked good and the competition for targets, it's a bunch of rookies and a rookie tight end.
1: I, 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 I can't argue with, where he is, and where he could go. Now, I think yours is scorching hot. Which is hot, to the moon. Which is why he's on this show. <laughs> um, I just, when I look at the second-year players, it's easy for me to kind of file him back behind a lot of other guys. Like, would you rather have Christian Watson or Jahan Dotson in Dynasty?
0: I mean, probably Dotson. That's,
2: but I think there's an argument.
1: I, 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 there's not a wrong answer. It, it just I th- It's easier I for I lean, me to push him back.
2: Yeah, I think I lean Watson, but I... I love Dotson.
1: Yeah, it, the touchdown archetypes that we've seen with, you know, Gabe Davis did that as this as a rookie. Martavis Bryant did this as a rookie. Chase and, Claypool. Chase Claypool. Yeah, that's the,
2: that's the bad names you don't want to be
1: included. <laughs> no, but but also what's crazy is the other rookies on that list with like really small targets but huge touchdowns is Jahan Dotson as well. So it's like sure. it's like it's just looking at a player and saying like, is he is Christian Watson, Mike Evans in the making? Cause he's got the same body type, huge run down the field, big plays, or is he Gabe Davis? And he's probably right. not Gabe Davis. I, I feel good about saying that it's probably somewhere in the middle. So I mean, Gabe I, Davis, wasn't he like
2: a fourth or fifth round yes, fourth round pick, pick too from, from a NFL talent evaluation standpoint? I mean, Watson was a second round pick. So the NFL liked him.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it. Um, I'm ready to give a bold and spicy take that I think my friend Mike here will not enjoy.
0: And okay. No, I'm I'm okay with it. Okay. I've, I've, I have allowed it to wash over me and I have just, I've accepted that this is possible.
1: Okay, good. Because this is a name, Kenny Pickett, that we brought up, I want to say like in May. Yeah. As just, he's a, here's a sneaky little buy. Oh, I, I had me. him.
0: I would have had him at no chance. <laughs>
2: Back then. <laughs> Mike literally laughed at me. I remember the show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: So my bold prediction is that Kenny Pickett will have thirty plus total touchdowns and be a top twelve dynasty quarterback this time next year. Uh, Kenny Pickett, everything right now in preseason is rosy. He went six and two in his final eight starts. So for fantasy, we look back at last year and say it was just doo-doo and it was very, very bad. Threw seven touchdowns. You know, it took him a while behind Trubisky. But in preseason it's been good and it seems like it seems like the team's all about him. He was named one of the team captains, which fun fact, like Ben Rothelsberg was not named a team captain until year five. Oh. Which which uh That's a that's a spicy uh spicy little nugget. There you go. Um also I found this really funny quote from Dan Moore, one of their offensive linemen who said, quote, on Kenny Pickham being named a, a captain, he has it. I don't know what it is, but he has it. <laughs> good work, Dan. Dan, they they shoved a mic in front of Dan, the offensive lineman. He's like, "Uh, he's got it. I don't know what it is, but I, I just I just died laughing. Like, okay, dude, come on, just just say something nice. Like, you could just say he has it. End of story. And just, be, and just log out, Dan. But Kenny Pickett in preseason has been a huge story. I feel like he's been shooting up a lot of people's boards. It's just like he's a sleeper. He's he's sneaky and he's the highest graded quarterback in PFF for preseason. Whatever that means to you. I think everybody would say he's looked really good and the weapons have been interesting. Like oh across the board, it's like it's not just Najee, Jalen Warren's had some big touchdowns, Deontay's looked good, George Pickens, your boy Allen Robinson. Okay, maybe No
0: not, not my boy. Not <laughs> my boy.
1: Uh Friar Muth. Uh Calvin Austin is gonna be a fun player, like a gadget player for them. So they have the weapons, but let's move on from just Kenny Pickett. Here's the vibes and we just move on. Second year jumps for quarterbacks, are, is it's a real thing. And usually we think of like the big names, like Mahomes in his second year, went to the moon, MVP. Lamar Jackson, second year, MVP. Josh Allen, transformed. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields last year, right? Like went from players in Dynasty like, oh, did I screw up this pick to, holy crap, this is a franchise player for me. And in Superflex, you're like, I I, I have somebody I can count on. But there's other guys that made huge jumps. Carson Wentz, people, I think we forget what he did in his second year. Betts, as an Eagles fan, did you think Carson Wentz was, like, the best thing ever his second year?
2: Uh, the NFL did because he was going to win the MVP. Yes. He didn't tear his ACL.
1: He he really was. Like, his touchdown rate was 7.5. Like, he threw 33 touchdowns. It was at thir- fraudulent. It, it didn't turn out so hot. But you got to admit, that year he was awesome for fantasy. And he was awesome for the team, and he he would have won MVP.
0: Yeah, and I was the Breaking Bad gif. I was just, I was screaming, he can't keep getting away with this.
1: <laughs> and now, who has the last? Yeah, night? that's right. <laughs> so Nick Foles, there, Carson Wentz, and his hundreds of
0: millions of dollars or whatever. Yeah, he he's he's feeling totally
1: fine. <laughs> so there's precedence for players like that, but Kenny Pickett wasn't just bad. He was historically bad. He posted the lowest touchdown rate, one point eight percent, of any rookie quarterback that has 12 starts since 1990. Like, you look at a list, he was the worst. Now, Trevor Lawrence was also on that list as, like, bottom five. And the good news is, if you look back since 2000, the average for a sophomore first-round quarterbacks, which Kenny Pickett was a first-round pick, the average touchdown rate since 2000 was 4.6%, which is awesome. It would be a massive jump from him for what he did last year. Sure. You might say to yourself, okay, well, Kenny Pickett, he was drafted later, he's not as important, you know, he was... Uh, drafted 20th overall, it's really the top 10 picks. So if you were to sort just by top 10 picks, it's the exact same percentage. Top 10 picks had a 4.65%, 11 on, 4.7. So I don't care if you're a first-round quarterback and in your sophomore year you're going to improve, and I think we can at least all say it's going to go up from 1.8%. But Kenny Pickett can kind of sneakily run the ball, and we forget about that. Last year, Kenny Pickett had exactly... Rush attempts, which is, I could just log out now and say that that's (laughs) a good argument. But he ran for 237 yards, three touchdowns, and he didn't start all the games. Okay. That's four rush attempts per game, 18 yards. And there's only eight quarterbacks that hit those games, uh, hit those marks. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, we don't have as many quarterbacks. Like that's where Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Geno Smith gives you that little bump you need in fantasy. And I think that's not always accounted in. For Kenny Pickett, other than that really cool, you know, sliding move he had in college that people always show. So, I think Kenny Pickett can hit thirty plus touchdowns, which is what Geno did last year. And I think I'm looking at the tiers right now. We have, I'm looking at these quarterbacks. We did a whole show on super flex tiers, and Kyler Murray. We have him right around the top ten. It's like, it's volatile.
0: It it is.
1: Anthony Richardson,
0: super volatile. Super
1: volatile, right? Like. It, let's say we had Fields at that same spot. Like Fields dropped a ton from year one to year two because it was just bad. Dak, he's up for a contract soon, and that'll change. Um, Deshaun Watson, who knows? Super volatile. Tua is a volatile player in yeah. general. And then we have the rookies like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Like they're not going to tear the you know the doors off. So all that to say, when you think about who is a top fifteen, top twelve quarterback. I think there's room for Kenny Pickett, and I'm ready for you guys just to tell me that's the best argument you've ever heard. I think there's
0: room for him as a top 12 quarterback. I don't know if he'll get there. I don't. I don't I, know that he will get there. Mike,
1: you have changed.
0: I was going to say looked, that's enough.
1: You've grown. He's
0: looked great, and it's very surprising to me <laughs> because he looked so bad. Uh, I don't think he'll pass Kyler. I would. Uh, I mean, yeah. The, the. I think that the Dak. Contract extension. There was there was something today about that starting to heat up, and beat reporters basically saying D- we would not be surprised if Dak was the next one yeah. uh, on the list for Jerry Jones. And I think Dak is still good, so I wouldn't have him passing those two guys. But I like maybe
1: maybe QB twelve, which right there. Betts, would you be happy if Kenny Pickett was your QB two in a superflex league?
2: Yeah, I said it in May, and I still feel that way. And I feel <laughs> like I'm better right. about it today. You win. um the other thing too with just the preseason like last year when you watched the Steelers games down the stretch they were so conservative they were trying to win like you know 17-14 every game but and it's the preseason right so like we can't overreact but like they're letting him throw the ball deep Deontay is great George Pickens is great Frymuth is great he's got two good running backs like he has the weapons for sure so I can I can see the path
1: all right Mike finishes yeah. out with one more bold and spicy
2: all right
0: uh, I think that this still fits in with my theme of screw them running backs. <laughs> even though I like this player a lot. it's It's well documented, but the fact that I'm calling for this to happen just explains the, how crazy the the running back landscape is each and every year. Alexander Madison jumps to be a top fifteen drafted running back in startup next year after having a great year for the Minnesota Vikings as the running back one. Just look back last year, Dalvin Cook saw the highest snap percentage of his career by a wide margin, 72% of the snaps. You had a brand-new offensive coach and a new offensive philosophy. He jumped into a workhorse running back. Before that, the highest snap percentage in games played would have been as a sophomore at 63%. He saw 56 targets. We're talking about Dalvin Cook this past year. Now, I'm not saying that Alexander Madison is is as good as peak Dalvin Cook. That is not at all the argument. The point is, he is good enough. His contract he has is this year and next year, and he's going to be the RB1 for a really high-scoring offense. And then, okay, well, dynasty, Mike. Alexander Madison has been in the league forever. Surely he can't jump up into the top 15. Well, here's some wild information that... I haven't even brought up the whole entire time I've been on Team Madison here because, honestly, I hadn't even thought to look at it. (laughs) Alexander Madison is headed into year five of his career. Year five. Here are running backs that are older than Alexander Madison. Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. In fact, Madison is barely older than Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco. Like, this is,
1: this is, this blew my mind. Pacheco's in year two, which is even crazy. Like, year two in the year. Rashad White is in year two. That's crazy. And
0: he's, and Madison's like six months older than these people. It blew my mind. So, he's not as old as you think he is. So, the age cliff is still a few years away from Alexander Madison. And it's jumping into the top 15. Okay. So, looking at it right now. Right. We have uh well Etienne, Walker, Ramondre, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, Javante, Najee, and Austin Eckler. Right? Eckler is probably about to fall out. Even even if Eckler has a crazy good year this year, you just you can't possibly take a 29, 30 year old running back in the top fifteen. And that list that I just rattled off, Stevenson and Tony Pollard were not in that tier. They were backup running backs. Now Again, I'm not I don't I'm not saying that Alexander Madison is a better player than those guys, but the point is you can be a backup and still make a tear jump to be a top fifteen running backs running back for at least a couple years. He won't last there very long, but I think that he'll have such a year, people will realize how old he actually is, which is twenty five.
1: Maybe he doesn't even know how old he is.
0: Yeah, is this uh who is our boy on uh, the Carolina? Panthers, <laughs> oh, who Cameron, Cameron Artis Payne, this. Cameron Artis Payne, yeah, who like <laughs> kept kept aging a year every single day there for a little bit. That was wild. Uh, but he's just he's not like he's not over the hill. He's on a c- great offense. It's a great callback. <laughs> he should be the starter for at least two years, and I think that he makes the jump. And now here's the difficult part of like playing it out. Would If Alexander Madison makes the jump to being a top 15 running back, do I trade him? Yeah, I probably do. Oh. I, I, I cash in my one year. I'm excited about it that my draft pick finally paid off. But the point is, screw those running backs. These, these rankings jump all, all, all over. And you can't stop it because you have to react to the market. It's just the fact that running backs don't hold their value. They get surpassed. Backups jump into the top 15. Crazy stuff happens all the time. Wide receivers are much easier to hold on to once they hit a certain status. But I think by next offseason, Alexander Madison, top 15 running back.
1: No, I love the looking at these rankings and who jumped in here. Like, so Ramondre is entering year three. He's yeah. older. And last year, Ramondre was seen as the backup to a player, Damian Harris, who had, what, 15 rushing touchdowns. Right. And so – Coming into the season, I don't think anybody said there's a scenario where Ramondre Stevenson's now a top, you know, fifteen, like top ten dynasty running back. Things change more than people realize. So capitalize on that. Like Ramondre would be another player. I don't mind if you want to capitalize on Ramondre and say, hey, you know, he's a fourth round pick. He's a New England running back. Whatever narrative you want to spin, and be able to say, hey, I think I can actually get something for him for your team. So bets, any any Madison thoughts? Because you know, join me,
2: bets. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm happy to jump in here. Madison's been a guy I've been flip-flopping on kind of all offseason. And I see the argument for both sides, especially for redraft. It's like, well, he's the classic dead zone back, and we, he hasn't gotten this opportunity before, and these guys usually fail. But a lot of the times I hear names like Mike Davis get thrown around, and it's like, well, Mike Davis was like around the NFL for years. He was like 29. Everyone just assumed he was the guy in Atlanta who was going to be a terrible team when he when he was there. The guy, it's and a different situation. And they went into the off season. Like they like, they knew they were moving on from Dalvin cook. They knew when they re-signed Madison, that he would be the guy. And he's talked about that openly. Like, yeah, they told me when I re-signed, I'm, I'm the one. So they were planning for this since April, March, whatever. Like it, it's been in their plans. And so for that reason, I'm kind of in on him this year.
0: Yeah. And it's, and uh, Toby Gerhart's one of the other examples. And it's, but every example of the guys who failed, they all switched teams. Like Alexander Mattis, I don't know that we've. I mean, we can try and research this, but I don't know that we've had this exact scenario where a player is going into year five at the running back position has been behind a truly elite player. So I don't look. I and the 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 Pollard Zeke stuff. I mean, I guess maybe that's a little bit the same. But Pollard had earned more playing time. I get it. Uh, you, you can use that as a, as a reason. Well, well, Pollard got to play. Why didn't Madison get on the field? And I don't know. And But, again, citing those numbers of Madison was getting on the field more, and then you had a brand-new coach who maybe maybe O'Connell just likes the one running back system. There's, there's still a handful of coaches who that's how they prefer it because they don't want to tip their hand. With the running back who's on the field, what like what type of play is about to happen? And when you put your satellite back in, the defense knows that we're gonna either pass the ball or run a draw, and like that's our only two options. But if you have someone who has a three down skill set, which Madison does have, you can it opens things up for you. So th- take that, that just yeah, I mean take that, Madison haters. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's time.
1: It's it's a rare player to find, and I, I did some research a while back of just finding players like Tony Pollard, like. Hey, he never. He, over the course of his career, he never got the touches he wanted. Like in his first four years, he has less than 650 touches. But if you saw glimpses of it early when they had it, then it was more predictable. Where there were certain players like Joyke Bell or Tevin Coleman, where it's like, okay, you never really fully got to see them unleashed as just the only dude. Like Tevin Coleman never had the backfield just to himself. Right,
0: and then he had to change teams.
1: And then he had changed teams. So it's really rare to find that player. And Madison's a really fun. One. I, mean, I traded for him in Dino Junior, and uh, he's he's my RB one because that's where that's what you do. With, oh, wow, that's what you got to do with running backs sometimes. <laughs> that's gonna do it for the show. If you want to talk more Dynasty, you can do that in our Discord channels. And we're ready for Week One. People, have a good week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy
0: Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out FantasyFootballers.com.